Hello, my name is John Schaefer and welcome to the CityWell Wealth Manager podcast. Rishi Sunak's summer statement seems to be more about spend, spend, spend than tax, tax, tax. With a stamp duty holiday on homes up to half a million and a cut in VAT to 5% for the hospitality sector. However, there was no mention of a rumoured wealth tax, with any tax changes likely to come in the autumn budget. I spoke with Julia Rosenblum, Head of Private Client Tax at Smith & Williams in Birmingham, to get her reactions. So why do you think there wasn't a wealth tax introduced in the summer statement? Obviously, there was quite a lot of rumours going about beforehand. Um, Why do you think the government didn't introduce that? Well, I think fundamentally, the the statement wasn't about that kind of thing. Um, it seemed to be far more about the idea of stimulating the economy, um, job creation, the three-point plan supporting creating and protecting jobs, and, and really, really getting things moving economically, especially in areas like hospitality, tourism, real estate. And so... I don't think the Chancellor had it in mind to necessarily look at tax increases in this particular statement. And and I think that also the introduction of a wealth tax would be no small thing to do. It would be an entirely different tax. Uh, It would need an entirely new set of legislation, consideration about how it's going to be structured, what it's going to look like, how it's implemented whether it's the right thing to do and, and how it will be monitored and managed by HMRC. So although a wealth tax might be something they consider, I don't think that today was the time to, to really do yeah. it. So uh, what I'm getting from you is that you, you don't really think it's that likely in the autumn either? I don't think it's inevitable that it will happen in the autumn, no. Um, I I think that... We'll have to wait and see how things pan out in in economic terms. But the autumn statement and the the full budget isn't that far away. And I think with with something like a wealth tax, I'd have thought that it's far more likely that that the government would introduce a consultation process in any event. I think it's unlikely that that in the autumn, the government will say we're introducing a wealth tax and and it's valid from tonight and the, the first return you have to make is by whatever date. I don't think that's likely, no. I mean, I suppose it's fundamentally not a very Tory policy, um, considering uh, Boris was saying, um, you know, it, it, it's all about jobs, 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 rather than tax, tax, tax. So, um, I, I, yeah, I guess um, there would be quite a lot of surprise if an, a wealth tax was implemented. I think that the government are more likely to consider what they want to do in terms of tax increases, where those tax increases might be appropriate to sit, and then look at it as a as a suite of measures. Um, but but certainly, given that a wealth tax is is something that is so fundamentally new to this country, not to other countries, but but to this country, I think it would require a a lot of thought. I don't think it will be dropped on us suddenly by, I would have thought, by any political party. So I suppose that begs the question, how is everything going to be paid for? Where are the, what are the tax measures that are going to be implemented? I think it will be 
I think it will be focused in, in particular areas. The government has, has pledged in the past not to increase income tax, national insurance or VAT. And although times are, are very different now, my feeling would be that um, anything they do do in terms of tax increases is, is likely to be quite targeted and, and anything which, which could affect the economy, people going out and spending, all those kinds of things, I think the government are likely to avoid anything that stops that. So, so my, my sense is that they're more likely to focus in, if they are going to increase any taxes, I would, I would expect that they're more likely to focus in on inheritance tax and capital gains tax. We've got, we've got low rates of capital gains tax at the moment, um, which would make it ripe for, for something. And what do you think it would go up to? Um, well, it's, there's a chance that they could align it with income tax rates. That's, how, that's where things were a few years ago. And if that happened, then we could see the top rate of, of capital gains tax being as much as 45%. Which would be a, which would be a huge increase. So they they may look at doing something like that, or they could look to introduce it by by a percentage. We've got a twenty eight percent capital gains tax rate, which exists for residential property, and twenty percent for everything else. So I suppose we could see everything aligned up to twenty eight percent. That could happen. Yep. Uh, and and you mentioned just their inheritance tax. That was something that was mentioned a lot before the March budget, but obviously didn't come to fruition. Do you think that's going to be something that's targeted in the autumn? Again, it's, it is a possibility. I mean, there was a, an all-party parliamentary group released a, a big document in, in January of this year, which, which went through a number of, of potential reforms to inheritance tax that were pretty overarching. I mean, these are, if, if they happen, if all of them happen, it would be a significant change to inheritance tax. I, again, because of the significance of it, again, I, I would expect that there's more likely to be a consultation on such wide-ranging reforms, but we could see, we could see maybe some aspects of it coming in. So, I mean, broadly speaking, the, what the document suggests is, is that there would be a reduction in the headline rate of inheritance tax from 40% to maybe 10 or 20%, that they would abolish virtually all of the reliefs and exemptions that exist, pretty much, pretty much everything, apart, everything apart from spouse exemption and charities exemption. But one, one of the other things that they said, and I think that would be a huge reform, but another thing that they that they've put in in that in that suite of suggestions is the potential of a, an inheritance tax charge on lifetime gifts. So whereas at the moment you can give away whatever amount you like to an, another individual, and as long as you live seven years, there's there's no inheritance tax. If they 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 could introduce as a as a fairly standalone thing. Um, a lifetime inheritance tax charge on on gifts, so an immediate charge, and and they could bring that in as a as a standalone. And we're certainly suggesting to clients that if they are thinking about making 
significant lifetime gifts that they might want to think about accelerating them. Yeah, I'm going to move on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what about yeah. some of the perhaps slightly more niche areas of inheritance tax planning, the things like business property relief using AIM shares, those kind of things that perhaps are, are, are less well known, do you think they'll be targeted? My my sense would be that that the government will will be very careful about removing those reliefs at the moment, but it is in the reform document, which is all party, so it's 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 not a political document, it's something that all parties have have sort of put their name to. And and within that document there is a a suggestion of abolishing the business relief, so business property relief and agricultural property relief, which are which are incredibly significant exemptions, incredibly important to to business owners and to farmers. So again, I, I'm not sure that we will see those go imminently. I think it is under review. And I think what we might see is perhaps some tinkering around the edges. So you mentioned AIM shares. So for example, you can you can invest in an AIM portfolio and those particular shares have got preferential treatment for inheritance tax purposes. We might see some changes that say for those who are in active business, they can have business property relief. But for those who are not active in the business, you can't have business property relief. I.e. investors. I.e. investors yeah. in, in AIM. And then that would that would scale back business property relief. And the same for agricultural property relief as well. And and whether you're an active farmer or, or uh, simply an investor in farmland. I mean, with AIM, with the, with the market, would that have a, a, an effect on capital flight? Would people be selling off their shares and their droves? I think that the AIM market is a volatile market and it's always an investment decision whether or not you go into AIM or not. But there are people who do invest in it purely for the inheritance tax benefits um, and who are prepared to take the volatility of that particular market as a as a consequence of the, the tax benefits. So I don't know whether we'll see people selling in droves, but there will be people who don't want to be exposed to it if the inheritance tax reliefs don't apply to it anymore. Yeah. Um, going back to the summer statement today, obviously the, the changes to uh, stamp duty, the holiday available, um, it seems that people who are buying investment properties and second homes are going to be able to benefit from this as well. Um, and do you think the wealthy will be taking advantage of this this tax holiday? I think there is a there is a possibility that if if people have been thinking about buying property, whether that's uh, a holiday property or buy to let or, or or move house, I think it will stimulate some activity until uh, March, which is when it lasts until I think at the moment. Um, so I think I think there is a possibility that that people will take advantage of it. Yes, it's um, stamp duty land taxes is a significant cost of acquiring property. So I think people will take advantage of it where they're in a financial position to do so. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, um, looking ahead to the autumn budget, 
the prospect of perhaps an increase in capital gains and increase in uh, or change to inheritance tax. But would that be enough to plug this rather huge COVID gap? I don't know the answer to that in terms of what what the changes could make in terms of revenue generation. That would be something which somebody within the Treasury would have to calculate very carefully. Um, I think that it would be a case of considering what the potential tax intake could be from those taxes and, and seeing what else there there could be. But I, I can't imagine that the government will will seek to do anything in terms of tax increases which which jeopardizes the economy. I mean ultimately tax tax is one way or an increase in taxes is is one way that you can plug the gap. But of course, by by stimulating the economy, that in some respects also increases tax revenues. If you've got active business, if you've got people going out there and spending on the high street and in restaurants and bars, if you've got all of that, then the tax intake increases through that kind of activity as well. So it's more... I guess the government's goal has to be more than let's increase taxes in order to increase the, the revenue from, from tax from an increase and into just, just getting the economy flowing because then you'll have, you'll have greater intake from corporation tax, greater income tax, VAT, everything. So I, I would like to think that it will be balanced and steady. And certainly if today's statement is anything to go by, that seems to be where the government is going with things. It's, it's very much focusing on the economy. And, and it's so important to get that moving because without, without the flow of, of money and spending, tax intake goes down anyway. Well, Julia, thank you so much for your insights today. My pleasure.